everyone. Welcome to another Wiser Wednesday here with Raja. Really excited to, um, yeah, to dive into a discussion about fundraising from uh, idea to Series A. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're basically, um, as, a, as a bit of a backdrop to this, we're um, looking at this in a sort of post sort of generative AI, it's not over yet, but as in it's like here, um, some of the hype's coming off um, of it, but it's, you know, it's still really big and it's completely transforming like how startup world is uh, operating and especially like how the fundraising world is working. Um, so uh, Raja um, Skugland, I think that's the correct <laughs> pronunciation. You're an investor and founder of the visionary uh, company and VC based out in Oslo. Um, for those that know me, I'm James Potton, I believe in a world entrepreneurial success without burnout. Um, so fun fact, you, uh, you said you begged like a founder three times to let you invest in, your start in a startup and they were oversubscribed and it's been your best investment yet. So um, love to hear a bit more about that. Um, if you're listening live, please put questions in the chat and we can um, look to, uh, to go through those at the end. Um, so Raja, yeah, let's, let's kick off. Like, tell us about how you got to where you are today. Uh, tell us about your personal journey. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to share and uh, and connect with your community. So yes, uh, my name is. So in Norway we say Raya. Ah. <laughs> so here I'm. I'm known Sorry. as Raya. Uh, I came to Norway nine, eight, nine years ago. Before that, I used to be in private banking, did risk management, trading, wealth management, investment management. But my true passion was always entrepreneurship. I moved to Norway with my Norwegian husband. That's, you know, you move to Norway for two things. They say oil, oil industry or love. <laughs> there are a lot of uh, love migrants that like the cold. <laughs> Some people combine the two, but yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why not? So I'm a love migrant uh, to Norway. And basically when I came here, it was the opportunity to, to go into fully into entrepreneurship. Long story short, built my network that was the starting point, built a huge network that got me, led me to launch the biggest job platform for startups in Norway. We were also, we are, uh, I should not say we anymore. They are in Sweden, Finland. This is the biggest job platform for in the Nordics for startups to recruit talent. I was lucky and honored to, to be able to launch it in Norway. Then launched an online accelerator, got acquired, became CEO of one of the largest accelerators in uh, the Nordics. And then I decided to go again on my own in the beginning. Now I have a team. So three years ago, I decided to, uh, to go into advisory services and investing because that's what I love most. Advising, sure. investing, that's the core business. We, keep it, <laughs> we try to keep it simple, if you, even if it starts to become complicated with too many products and services. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the core. Uh, yes, yeah, so I've been investing for the last nine years. Uh, when I started my journey as a founder, I started investing. For me, it was about betting on myself as well as others. And especially in this space, you have, you're in touch with other founders. So you know them, you get to know them, you can do good due diligence on them. Mm. So why not diversify your risk? It's already super risky to start your own business. So, you know, inject cash in others to spread that. <laughs> That's how it started. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah. Look, and, and the, the startup world is, you know, so reliant on, on people like yourself with that mindset, hey, because it's so so difficult. And, you know, and that's why we're going to be looking from that idea into, um, in, into Series A. So I guess, 
um, starting out with, uh, we can kind of like walk through that journey a bit. So that, that idea stage, um, what, what do you sort of see and what are you looking for in a, in a, in a sort of founder or, or, um, I mean, they may not even be a company by then. So how do you come across those, those businesses and what's that sort of conversation start like? You know, uh, it's a learning journey. So what I used to look at in the beginning, when I started, is now changing because we're learning. We have invested in good companies and on some less good companies. Yeah. So yesterday I was talking to um, another VC here in Norway and like exchanging thoughts and advice and strategies. And I told him that my latest bankruptcy, a company we invested in, my investment company, including others, um, was exactly the kind of founders that you you are recommended to invest in. Mm. Charismatic, stage presence, uh, you know, storytelling skills, very strong, which are great, necessary when you run a business, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were so, it was so beautiful that actually we did not pay attention to what it could hide behind the curtains. Yeah, yeah. And we invested uh, and then we realized that what we were sold was a lot of, you know, smoke and mirrors. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now, and, and this is the second time that it happens to me. I invested previously in a similar pro profile, charismatic founder, visionary. You know, we call the visionary company in VC. We, we are into visionary <laughs> people. But now I'm going to become, into, I'm going to change the name of the company to pragmatic <laughs> pragmatic VC. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's it's super hard, isn't it? Because you see these, um, just like uh, yeah, as you say, like brilliant ideas and really strong um, sort of people that are putting themselves at the front of this. But like, how you really dig in and and look, you know, I'm seeing it with with the AI space. Like, obviously, AI is being put at the start or end of everything at the moment to try and raise money, and you kind of. It, it, it's of, course, the same thing. of course, we can. We will not, and I'm not going to put everybody in the same, uh, you know, basket. Uh, the company that I begged three times to invest in—that's again an amazing founder, charismatic. He's on stage. He takes over. You mm. know, you're like, I don't know what you're selling, but I'm in. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happened. And he, and because I know him, and he's a very good friend. Uh, I was telling him, listen, uh, Andreas, I want to, I want to invest. He said, but you're a friend. I don't want you to invest. You know, it's risky. I'm like, Andreas, whatever you do, okay, I know it's going to, you're going to make it happen. So yeah. whether it's this or a bakery, I will invest in you. If you decide to tell me I, I want to launch a bakery, it's not a SaaS. Usually we invest in SaaS businesses, but yeah. I will invest in your bakery. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he was the, the, the founder who could lead. Um, so, you know, it's about, I've learned, uh, we've learned, uh, we want uh, a founder who can lead, who has a big vision, strong story uh, telling skill, uh, skills. At the same time, now I'm very much into numbers, traction, talking mm. to customers, and even more. So after the last, um, so we have a big portfolio. I have a big portfolio of directly and indirectly 70 startups. So it's normal that you have a few ones that, mm -hmm you know, uh, uh, that don't keep up. Um, uh, however, you now, I'm, after the learning we had, uh, we prefer to invest in companies that we work with. 
as simple as that. If yeah. we have worked with a company, it's easier to do due diligence. We have helped them. They are usually post-revenue, so they can afford our advisory services. We got to know each other and see if we're a good fit. We work over six to months to one year. We create value and they decide, do they want to let us in or no? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. We reinvest what they invested in us. We reinvested back. Mm, this yeah. is now our new strategy to get to know the founders, the company, the processes, help them optimize everything and see, and we, and we can observe the results. Are they actually executing on what we do, what we're advising them to do or no? Uh, our, one of our investments um, before summer, this is what we've done with, with them, retail tech in uh, Sweden. We work together. We have them fundraise. We have them increase their revenue, optimize their team processes and team performance. And then we said, we introduce them to investors as well. And then we're like, actually, you're, you're a good case. So let us join. <laughs> okay. I, no, I really like that. That's, that's, that's really, that's really interesting. And I, I, you know, I like some of the, you know, you've been putting out some really interesting posts recently. Um, I, I like the sort of your, your angle on, um, you know, Building a company is the new MBA. I think that's like a really powerful like message to early stage, um, you know, early stage uh, founders or entrepreneurs who are who are sort of trying to decide between the two. It's um, it's it's a it's a yeah, it's it's basically a place to go and like really learn about yourself and understand oh, how yeah. it works in the real world. You learn continuously every yeah, day. You never stop. stop learning. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 bonkers, isn't it? So, um, and what's your um, what's your thoughts on because it, it, there's an element of sort of papering over the crack sometimes with 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 fundraising. So, so to getting money in um, can be quite a distraction, can't it? So, it, yes. you know, for the founders, it can really take their eye off the ball in terms of like product development or or going out and like you know building their networks and client base. And so, what you know, what's your Give us your sort of philosophy or philosophy or sort of view on that. So, I when I work with with clients with startups, I advise I will do if we can say two main things in the process of fundraising. One is uh, helping them make more money, so they need to raise less. Right. And for you know, we have a, a company that we helped. They came to us saying we we, we need uh, almost one million euros. After working together, we re they realized, you know, if I focus on this ideal customer profile, if I remove some team members, if I automatize this, and if I increase my price, actually, I need to raise less. Yeah. So yeah. they raised less and they got oversubscribed. And when you are in a position where you're making money, you're not desperate anymore. The whole attitude is changing when you're fundraising. You're not mm -hmm. desperate. You're talking from a place of comfort and strength, and you can negotiate with investors. Mm. No, you don't need them. You are an opportunity for them. And you can be picky when it comes to your investors. So they will be able to uh, increase the profitability of their company, make it a solid case for themselves first, because they are the first investors in their company. And mm. then it puts them in a good position to talk to the right investors. So I'm an investor who's not a big fan of having investors. So I have, I'm running three companies right now. One of them has investors because it's an investment company. The two others are bootstrapped. I am mm. mm. a bootstrapper. I yeah. love the best investors are clients. Either they pay for the services 
And that's great validation. Or they can even become your investors. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've experienced both. And I have to say that um, obviously you do, sometimes you need something, you need like a small amount, like, you know, and we talk about pre-seed and so on. And um, sometimes you need a small amount to sort of get, get going. But um, yeah, it's, it's a very different, you know, it, it, my experience was going from sort of three to 50 in, in 12 years bootstrapped and kind of zero to or, or two to 40 in not all full time, but in one year when it was funded. And so it's very, very different, like very, very different. Um, it, you know, that whole thing about retaining culture, the whole thing about like, how do you kind of, are you able to, because if you, whatever you've got going on will scale. So you amplify like, you know, problems as well yes, as like, exactly. in a business if you, if you put too much rocket fuel in it. Exactly. And even the advisors, because I do have a board, my, my advisors, um, they are investors, they are founders, exited founders, several exits. And we talk about this, do we need to fundraise? They're like, no, let's continue a little bit more. We can, we have the network, we have investors interested in investing in what we're building. Yeah. But we're like, do we need that? Let's continue one more year. Let's, we can make money. Look at this. <laughs> well, we're making money, but we can make more. We can scale this by ourselves. We do not need like one more year and we can just like skyrocket this, our services. Yeah. So I would, I think there has been a lot of, um, it's the media, it's the, the event, so many accelerators, no offense to the accelerators, but so many like pitching on stage. It's a business itself. Founders mm -hmm. forget that this is a business. Pitch, when you pitch on stage, where the media are feeding from these stories as well. And everybody thinks that they need investors to build a business. No, this is recent. Before that, you know, 20 years ago, uh, businesses, most businesses did not need investors. Now yeah. you go around and you feel like everybody's raising money. And you're like, why? Do you, like, do you need that? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Why do you need investors? You, you maybe don't even want investors. You feel like it's an achievement if you say, I'm looking for investors. I'm in dialogue with investors. I have an investor. Sorry, you have a new boss now. It's less freedom. It's more reporting. Do you want that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, there's well, there's it's, elements it's, of it. With... It's less freedom. So if, you, if it's the right investor, perfect. Yeah, that's, that's exact. I mean, it, yeah, who, who, you, who you end up, you know, sort of, you know, dating, as it were, is like also key, isn't it? Um, yeah, but there's, it's a very different, like, world in your business. And, and you know, obviously work with a lot of founders some who do and, and don't have like investment but there's there's sometimes yeah it can be a minority investor but they sort of throw it's their weight easy. around a lot more in the boardroom than than the uh because it impact the business as as even if they have invested 1000 euros yeah, <laughs> in yeah, yeah. The company, yeah they still feel they have a say yeah and everyone has an opinion if you ask them a question you got to decide who you ask your uh, who you listen to so um um if we if we sort of stick with like just uh, early on a bit, there's there's this like obsession to to find other like co-founders and you know suddenly you know grabbing the nearest warm body, willing warm body to join you and you know um, obviously often that's releasing equity which you can only do once. Um, what, what's your what's your thoughts around that? You know even before they perhaps know there's a, a real business opportunity. What do you mean exactly? So where, where you, you, you have someone who's kind of got an idea yeah. and they 
quickly go out and get like co-founders, right? Yes, okay. So this, this, this is I quite... I think this is also um, another risk. Uh, my advice, it's like telling them, you don't know when you're going to meet the love of your life. It, this is your ideal co-founder or your ideal investor. You can meet them, you know, the same day on the street. You never know. <laughs> or it can, it's going to take a long time before mm -hmm. finding the right fit. So what I advise, what I recommend is that we need to be able to manage the business at our scale by ourselves. We need to understand every step. We need to stre stretch ourselves. And when we've done that, we can, uh, we can see where do I need help? What kind of profile? One of the biggest risks and mistakes I see founders make at an early stage, going with their best friend, or it can work sometimes, uh, but going with someone who's very similar to them. Mm. You will end up having two CEOs in the company. You do not want that. It's yeah. better, start yourself, you're the CEO, and then you look at where do you need to be, when you, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? If your weakness is marketing, get somebody with a marketing background. If your weakness is tech, obviously get somebody with a tech back background. So do, yeah. yeah, try yourself and then find your weaknesses and find somebody to straighten, straight, uh, straighten your weaknesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can support you. Which again takes quite a lot of awareness, doesn't it? Because like there's, nah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's often quite a, I mean, I mean, there's a certain mindset. There's there's almost something slightly missing normally in an entrepreneur's uh, psyche yeah. um, to be willing to go on that journey. So um, yeah, it sometimes requires, it can. It requires a lot of communication. So I'm starting now a new company with a, with one of my investors who's joined, starting together a new company, and. We, it's all about communication, really asking the questions, but what, 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 and trying to pick up on what is not said, you know, mm. the body language, even, you know, the level of psychology where you need to get to, to make it yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like you're reluctant to this. What do you mean? What, like, open up, communicate with me. What, mm. what, what is behind this strategy? Where are you going? What do you mean exactly? Uh, it's a lot about communication being, we talk a lot about the ego within mm. our company. Mm. Is this, you know, is this the ego talking here? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the... Almost always. <laughs> it's a lot of self-awareness and removing the fears, trying to, to speak from a place of uh, trust. Mm. Yeah. Do you, do you do you recommend sort of starting out building like a memorandum of understanding or something where there's a there's a kind of it depends it depends really? yes really? I'm gonna talk again based on my experience these are the, the cases uh, yeah I can talk about openly um, in my company there are many that today till today they're advising me they're working with me we don't have, we have a verb, verbal agreement, okay? Some others feel that they need a paper, right? Yeah. With those that I have a more flexible relationship, it's because we are exploring. We're getting, to, we're still finding our way, right? So um, I say date your co-founder, just like date your investor before getting into marriage, a commitment, during that dating period, it's a little bit like an open relationship. 
you know, yeah. we're testing. We're like, do we get along? Do it project-based. Let's do a project. But if one of them really feels that strongly that they need a paper or to start the company, why not? I have had companies that we started before the company itself. We validated. And then we said, okay, actually, I want to continue with you. Or we validated and one of us says, I don't want to continue with you. I want to do it separately. Uh, it's the risk you take. But anyway, mm -hmm. you can't force someone into marriage anyway. Yeah, or yeah. sometimes, like now, we're gonna st we have tested working together with one of my business partners for uh, six months. And we had the plan to continue, you know, um, collaborating. Uh, and now it feels like it's time for us to create a new company. Mm -hmm. So there is no right answer. It's about what feels right for both of you. Mm. Yeah, no, really interesting. And, and, and obviously, you know, things like shareholders agreements and so on, it, it seems weird to be creating those before you've even like know whether there's a, a product to, you to want build. To together. <laughs> yeah. But there's things that can trip up later on if you don't, oh. if you don't. I, um, I think the... Um, you know the um, how can I say? Because um, I have I'm I'm thinking in French <laughs> as well. <laughs> so you need to agree on the big lines, right? So if it's a fifty-fifty, right? Who's the CEO? Who's the CMO? What are the responsibilities? Mm. You need to agree on that, and it can be a contract between the two of you, a, a memorandum of understanding or whatever you call it, saying I'm in charge of this, you're in charge of this. And if it works out, we create a company. Or if it works out, we split profit. And then we create a company later. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Templates, it's really case by case. Um, it's, uh, there are templates out there for shareholders agreement. They can also contact, get in touch with lawyers if they really feel like it's needed or an accountant. Mm. It depends on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. No, in interesting. It is a, it's, it's, it's. It is really tricky when it's really early on. Um, yeah. And, and and what's your sort of view on like when someone's got a side hustle, you know, what what's the, because it, no. it doesn't mean that they aren't necessarily going to like really get into it. It's just at that point, it's. As long know. as it feels fair mm. to everybody. So some, you would have some companies who would write down the number of hours they work and then at the end of the year they say oh i worked 20 hours and you worked 80 hours so it's 80 percent for you or something like that mm. some others would say this is a project base we're both working towards a goal we want to make it work we're learning along the way we split this what sounds fairly to us 50 50 for example uh and let's uh let's see so yeah. So then the journey you've got sort of pre-seed seed do you because my experience is we didn't like follow that you know it, it is a sort of laid out kind of journey but it doesn't have to be does it like series a series b and so on it's it's, yeah, it's to be honest even these names you know what does it mean from a company to another some yeah. are talk, telling um you know present introducing themselves as their pre-seed and they're like, but you're post-revenue. How is that possible? Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand anymore that, right? Yeah. Some of these are going to say they're Series A while they have no revenue. I'm like, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm. Um, it's fine. We can create names. and. <laughs> <laughs> I, if, yeah, I think it's uh, from an investor. It's uh, about 
I'm investing now in two companies that are post-revenue. One of them is making 10 million euros per year. I never heard anything about Series A, Series B, or mm. it's like, we're raising money. <laughs> you can join. Yeah. This is what we're doing. Here are our financials. This is the company structure. And you're in or out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not a Series A. They're not pitching on any stage. They're not doing any PR. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's really interesting. I mean, you do have like, you know, a bit of a challenge in the industry is, is, is you know, investors need deal, deal flow, right? Flow, right? So you've kind of, there's, it, it needs a home. So then it kind of has to, you know, at the same time that you've got founders needing money, there's also like deal flow that needs to go somewhere. So it, it's, it's um, sort of self-perpetuating to some extent, isn't it, as, as, a, as a concept? Yeah, but I, I, well, I also, I mean, you know, when we create these labels, it also creates more clarity. Um, I think it's about, uh, and creates more clarity for the right parties to meet, you know. Investors would say, we invest in post-Series A, then Series A company, come to them. But I think there has been so much, so many companies created and in that case, uh, uh, the quality of companies is also, if you look at the big pool, in my opinion, it's maybe dec it's decreasing because you have many companies just like popping mm. and starting to call themselves Series A and thinking that there's something huge while, I mean, validate the product and we can talk about something huge, about a huge market. First, get out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just, like I started, you know, I'm just becoming very, uh, trying to be more pragmatic, not looking at titles or big names. As a, an investor, I would like solid companies. And what it means, it's like founders committed, dedicated, who know how to build a team. Like this is what we're talking about. Mm. Who have a good company culture. People are motivated. They have a clear vision and they have happy customers and they mm. want the help from investors, whether it's the capital, the network, or the knowledge that they want to tap into to help them take the support then their growth and go yeah. reach the next level. Yeah, yeah. Are you, you know, you, you, you talk about from idea to series A, is, um, is there a reason sort of why you stop there? Is that where you see your sweet spot in terms of advisory? Yes, and... Exactly, yes. Yeah. Yes. And um, this is where... Uh, we have expertise. This is where it's uh, interesting valuations where we can still get in as yeah. investors. Yeah. That's why we target from idea stage to series A. Yeah. To be honest, the idea stage, we don't really target them as investors. It's more to support them, to yeah, provide yeah. Right, some good knowledge in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. And when, 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 um, you know, when a founder's, you know, been, had a successful raise, what's the, what, What's the first like? What's that meeting like after? If you're, you know, still advising on what, yeah. what next? Like, what, what do, you, what do you do? Like, what's, what's the discussion? And now what do we do about the money? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's gonna, it's gonna go into first. It's gonna the discussion gonna go towards sales. When we look at sales, we will. It's not just about, uh, you know, uh, how is the sales pipeline? Which we can start there. But the discussion is going to go over the whole company. How are mm -hmm. you running your sales? Who's involved? 
the pricing, the processes. How do you qualify clients? What do you do in terms of marketing? So we start with sales because this is what companies want to do, grow mm. sales, increase revenue. And then yeah. we expand to analyzing everything in the company, analyzing even how the CEO and the team uh, are managing their time, mm. Mm. what kind of activities they're focused on. We, will, we might remove some activities. We might, we might focus more on these certain activities to help them stay on track. Of course, setting KPIs, assessing the tech, uh, looking into uh, everything that needs to be done to make them happy and the shareholders happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like what, you know, is there some benchmarking that you'd love to do there sort of? Yeah, there is always an assessment, whether before the investment and after the investment. Assessment, what are your goals? How can we achieve that and create a roadmap, a roadmap mm. with clear milestones and strategies? We get what's the end goal and reverse engineering. What do we do to get there? Mm. So we agree on the goal yeah. and we go back. Okay. We go back to even the, the weekly workflow. There is the yeah. goal. And then what does it mean every month and every week and every day even? Mm. This yeah. is how we scaled um, the hub.io. We had we we broke down our time. So on Monday, I knew what I was doing from nine to ten. At yeah. ten, if I didn't finish the task, move on. Task number two is waiting. <laughs> yes. Brilliant. Yeah. So you have to finish task number one. <laughs> 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 and it's very satisfying. You're like, check, next, check, next. <laughs> Brilliant. It's, it's, it's tricky, isn't it? If that isn't how uh, like a founder's operated before. and Because, you know, everyone's different, aren't they? Some people don't even like look at you their calendar. Have, you need to have access to that knowledge. Otherwise, you don't know. Or you need to be pushed. So the reason why we created that weekly workflow or we implemented it in Norway, and I know it was spread uh, uh, in the Nordics, don't know. I don't know if they used it, but I know that it was <laughs> shared. Uh, I was going on maternity leave, so and it was it was my company in charge of the whole management in Norway and hiring people to take care. Yeah, uh, big responsibility for such a big platform. Uh, so I had this new hire taking over, and I wanted to make sure she hits the KPIs. We had weekly, monthly yearly KPIs to hit. So I designed my time and defined exactly what task to do at what time on Monday, Tuesday. And we had different tasks from social media to outreach, to Google SEO, to ads, to Facebook ads, to partnerships, to events. So I gave her that and I said, now you know what to do every day at what time? (laughs) (laughs) wow and this is a methodology um this is something i had to come up with but it was also thanks to an advisor and mentor i had access to internally had access to her coaching which helped me coach my team Mm. and when we coach founders today one of the areas we work on it's workflow optimization because i learned it from somewhere Mm. otherwise if you're a founder and you just started, you haven't optimized your time and having that self-awareness, where you spend your time, what do you do? 
does it create an impact? What is the return on investment? When I spend 30 minutes with you, what's the return on investment? What do I say yes to? What do I say no to? Because there is no clear return on investment in this activity. So for example, when I go speak at events, that started when I was managing the platform. So people, of course, they invite me to speak. Uh, No, they invite me to attend events. And I'm like, "Uh, that's not interesting. I'm sorry. (laughs) I am going to spend two hours there. How can I maximize my impact, my time? Stage stage time. So (laughs) I reach out to the same person and I say, are you looking for speakers? I I can speak on this topic. They're like, yeah, sure. I'm like, yeah, great. Now I go. So today I still have the same philosophy. If I'm not a speaker at an event, I'm not attending because I can do that. I can be a speaker at other events. My time is more valuable even on LinkedIn because that's my stage, right? Why would I go attend one event and talk to two, three people during that event when I can be on stage and talk to 300 at the same time? So that's that's the spirit. That's the mentality. How do you make the most of your time and focus and assess every activity to optimize your business and workflow? Yeah. So you know probably Pratik, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he sent me a, a message two weeks ago telling me, Raya, a client of yours said about you that you're a machine. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm not surprised because I've been called bulldozer, machine, whatever. <laughs> uh, it's, free, right? <laughs> it's because of that. It's not that yeah. I'm a machine. It's that I have, I, I want to make the most of my time. So it yeah. helps me move quite fast in certain areas. Even if everything on a daily basis, I'm like, what did I do wrong? What can I do better? Mm. How can I achieve my goals? Because I have plenty of ideas and goals that I want to create. Yeah. Well, I mean, hats off to you as well. Like, you know, going on maternity and I mean, it's a different, it's so different. Like being a young parent, I I find to the time I used to have before. It's just bonkers. And I can, it's almost like I need to, I sort of feel like I want to create sort of I don't know like a community or something to say hey this is going to be different don't fool yourself because you you are you have just different like demands on your time now it's just it's just so different and maybe it helps you I have two kids uh, and I think it helps you be even you know more uh, aware of your time how you spend it what's important yeah well that's, that's what I think that's what's really interesting about what you're saying because you have to become more effective because I have to work in blocks. So I have to block out time. And this is, this is what I've got to achieve in that time. And I know if I don't do it, it gets pushed into um, basically the evening. It's like once it once done bath time, you know, it gets pushed into late and then that affects sleep. Uh, so, you know, and that has a knock on effect to the, your efficiency the next day. So. And you would feel frustrated with your kids, not happy. And that's not nice. You don't want that. So you have to be efficient to make the most of your time at work and with your family. Yeah. 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 It's, um, yeah, look, it's a whole other discussion, um, but it's equally, you know, I, the funny thing is no one like can prepare you for it. No one tells you like what it's going to be like. It's like, oh, you know. <laughs> Kids are like, business. Kids are <laughs> starting a business, both. Well, because your business is also a bit like a, a kid right your your business is like you're trying to steer it and you're trying to guide it and like develop it and nurture it and challenge it and there's all these things you're trying to do and then yeah and then 
depending on the age of your kids, you'll then do, have an exactly the same thing over, over here. So. I heard yesterday, I forgot the name of this founder who sold his company um, to Etsy. And he said that uh, when he sold his company, he cried. And the interviewer said, but why did you cry? He said, but it's like a baby that you see getting married to somebody else. <laughs> it's a baby growing and you're nurturing it. And one day it's leaving for a new family. So it's very... <laughs> Almost need to do like a father's uh, speech, yeah. you know. Yeah, it is. Um, I liken it to the number of people in the company is like the age of the company. So you know, I, I always, I always think that you get, the, you get the early, you know, the toddler, the challenges like right at the start, but then it's sort of you know. I will remember that one. Yeah, but there's a nice stage, isn't there? Also, there's that kind of you know five to sort of nine or ten people stage where everyone's like talks about the good old days and what it was like then, and then you get into teen years and then it starts to get ah uh, yeah and and then you sort of have these chasms that you've got to get across. Um, so yeah, and th so you know it's a new challenge, and and as we know, you know in the entrepreneurial world, solving a problem doesn't end problems; it just creates a new problem. So. You just have a different thing that you've got to solve like tomorrow. Yes, yeah. Same with kids, you know. Uh, my dad used to say, small kids, small problems, big kids, big problems. <laughs> Same with the company. Well, I've got a one-year-old and a three-year-old, so I, they're small, in theory, small problems at the moment. So, <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, yeah, um, if we take it back a bit to, um, and again, another one of your posts that I really like. So what advice uh, to founders would you give before they build their tech? Yeah, it depends on the tech, obviously. But uh, number one, talk to as many potential customers. Be clear on your cost who's your customer. Try to sell. Try to sell. Yes. Even if you don't have the tech, even if you don't have a business plan, I don't care. Just like tell them. I give an example. Um, I go to you and say, okay, so do you do you feel like your windows are dirty? Okay. You're like, yeah. Would you like me? I can clean it for ten dollars. Yes or no? Simple as that. You say, yeah. yes, I got a client. We can replicate this example to bigger companies. You go to them, do you face this problem? If I solve it for you, I come back with a solution in three months. Would you pay for it? Yes? Okay. Well, would you pay for me today so I can build a solution for you? I'm going to be building the solution. It's happening. Mm. Yes or no? And then you perfect your pitch. You perfect your sales pitch and you learn. And at some point, you will manage to sell before you have, in, you have built anything. I've done it. Many others have done it. I do it regularly. I sell stuff that I haven't built yet. And then I'm like creating it on the go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, it's, 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 it's a really interesting because it depends on like your mindset. And, you know, we could start getting into psychometrics and different ways of thinking. But it's, um, it, it is uncomfortable perhaps more for technically orientated people to yes. want to sell something they haven't built yet. Yes. And so you end up, you know, and that is a, it almost feels sort of disingenuous, but, but, you know, fundamentally that is. Based on what? Who, who, who says who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also I noticed it's the, it's the older generation that don't get it, that don't get this new way of working. For them, you need to build the hardware. You need to build the product, the physical in the physical world. So you need to have this before selling it. But this is a huge risk, because what if nobody wants to buy it from you? Who says that they want it? 
So first, get in touch with these guys, these girls or whoever. Make sure they are ready to buy what you want to create. And then go do it. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario, you tell them, sorry, I can't do it. Here is your money. Or, sorry, it needs to be launched in two, three months. Mm-hmm. Or, sorry, bankruptcy. That's mm-hmm. worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. And it happens even to companies who have the product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's no, it, it is a, it is a, a difficult, um, I guess, kind of, there's, there's elements of like entrepreneurship, which is what got you here won't get you there. And that's, that's, that's kind of like one of them, which is if you don't think like that, you have to start thinking mm-hmm. like, okay, I, I need to, I need to check that there's actually like demand for this before building. Exactly. The, and yeah. uh, it's not black or white, okay? And there are gray zones here. There are different ways of doing it. You can get letter of intents. If it's a hospital that you want to sell a solution to, you can get a, a pilot project that are paid at a discounted price. There are different ways of doing it. What is important to remember, like you said, is the principle to validate that there is a need, not based on your own assumptions, but based on the market. And validating the need, even going one step further by getting some sort of commitment Mm. in terms of money, Mm. prepayment, a discount that they get something, make them pay to see if they're actually willing to pay. Yeah. And and and, and we couldn't emphasize enough on that point because, you know, someone saying yes to someone actually signing the contract and paying is, is kind of. They are different things again, aren't they? Having exactly. interest exactly. is easy. So everybody can say, yes, I'm interested. Good. Yeah. Go build it. And then you build it. And they're like, I'm actually I'm not so interested. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I changed my mind. Yeah. yeah, great. You built something that now they don't want. Yeah. Get them to pay. And we do that on a daily basis. When we buy a flight ticket, okay, it's in one month sometimes. You know, it's in six months. When you pay for a hotel, it's usually days, weeks in advance. Concert ticket, same. Toys online. Or clothes online. Who told you that they're already produced? Sometimes you get them four months later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's <clears throat> great, great advice, and uh, it's really interesting. Like in your, 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 you'll be in these sort of discussions a lot. There's, there's absolute gold in like what you're saying, and yet it still doesn't necessarily sink in when, when founders are starting their journey. I had an advisor seven years ago. She told me I was going to build my my platform, uh, online courses uh, that I sold uh, some years ago. And I told her, but, uh, you know, I feel like I need to create it first. She said, but Raya, you know you're going to create it, right? You you know how to. I said, yes. She's like, so why not start selling it now? And I was like, you are right. So the mindset shift happens slowly when either we have a discussion with someone who can open our eyes on that or we keep on doing the same mistakes and at some point we're like oh i've been stupid investing so much time and money with no guarantee so that also happens a lot to founders who have done it the first time and second time they do it a little bit again and third time like i'm done with this (laughs) yeah yeah i'm gonna learn something no i'm not doing it (laughs) there's a um when you're looking at investing, there's, there's, 
you know, are there certain like data points that, and one of them being, have they had a, a business before? Like what, you know, that, that data point, do you, do you lean into that? So we have many data points, okay? We have like, now I don't remember, uh, but like 17, 20, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yes, previous experience is valid, but that's not it. We also want um, team members that we can, uh, we can, we have a good chemistry with. Mm. Um, we look at elements that are also intangible, we get a meeting with the founder. I had that in the past. With the founder, I give a feedback and I feel it in their body language that they're like, they're on the defensive. They are not welcoming any feedback. And this I'm saying, I am not feeling welcomed. Mm. My money, no. Mm. It's, yeah. So we're looking for founders who are, uh, you know, again, we talk about the ego, uh, willing to learn, knowing that they know something, but there is more to learn. Uh, who wants to, they are into self-development, uh, on top, of course, of the usual metrics, mm. uh, you know, usual KPIs, revenue, uh, traffic, traction, and so on. Market opportunity, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah market yeah. opportunity, business model, yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, so what, as, uh... an investor, as an investor, basically, you do a 360 analysis of the business. You look at everything. Mm. You look at the hard skills, soft skills, numbers, vibe. Mm. Do yeah. I like this founder? Do yeah, I enjoy yeah. time talking? Would they become my friends? Yeah. Well, and that's why I like what you said earlier on. I had more questions about like sifting applications and all this sort of thing, but it doesn't seem so relevant if you, I mean, there must be an element of that for you to decide whether you, um, you know, work with companies to help help them develop as an advisor? I mean, the foundation, the starting point before investing, it needs to match our investment pieces. Mm. So our investment, this is something important that founders need to be aware of. What is the investment pieces of the investor they're talking to? Mm. If they're talking to, in our case, it's B2B, SaaS, Nordic, because we want to be close to founders to help them to meet them actually mm. also to do a due diligence be, be, uh, through the network giving a call to someone say i see that you're connected to this person have you worked with them how, how is this guy how is this girl you know are they nice are they what can you can you vet you know yeah can we trust them uh so we like to invest closer to home so we can do this kind of due diligence um so the investment thesis when you talk to an investor, if you are from the fish industry, maybe you're wasting a little bit of your time if you're talking to someone who's into femtech, you know, women's tech. If you are into femtech, talk to some, if you're building something for the femtech or health tech, talk to investors who understand your industry. Mm. Do not go to somebody who has other data points and metrics and benchmarks in mind. They will, of course, discredit or not understand or challenge you or waste worse, waste your time trying to understand what you do. You're investing time educating them while they're just curious, doesn't cost anything to ask questions and see, do I like this startup or not? Do I do I resonate with them or not? Does it you know feel right for me? And then they tell you, actually I don't understand much mm. what you're talking about. I don't know the market. So sorry, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
Profiling investors is something that not many founders do. So profile them, put their name, list of investors you want to get in touch with, check if they have the right industry for you, if they understand your industry, if they have worked within your industry, if they understand your problem, if they understand the solution, if they have the right expertise, expertise that can help you grow, if they have the right network for you, they can open doors, connect you to clients, connect you to business partners. They need to be able to create value and more importantly, understand what you're talking about. If they are outside your industry, give it a try, but most likely you will be investing a lot of time educating them and maybe not getting a proper return on investment. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, I think it, it, yeah. And are you, do you feel like you're quite up, um, up front with that in your, in how you position yourself? Um, do you think like, you know, investors are if they should check investors' websites. Yeah. So if they go on my website, they will see that. But most of them shoot me a message on LinkedIn and they're surprised that I say, I'm not interested, you're too early. No, 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 give it a try. I'm like, no, you don't match my invested thesis. We yeah, can't yeah, exactly. It's a no-go, you don't match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's surprising that some are, are new to the terminology. No, it's not surprising. I'm sorry, you have to, to be exposed to it to know it. But um, yeah, I think there, there is... I hope and I'm doing my best to educate more on uh, what are investors looking for. And because it's hard for founders who have never been in touch with investors or exposed to investors or have been an investor themselves to know all these little nuances and what investors are uh, looking for and how do they select the deal flow. Yeah, yeah. No, that's no, thank not you. It's, not it's their... great. It's great. It's really helpful to like hear it from from you know your perspective, and I'm sure like people listening, are, 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 yeah, are, are considering that. Don't like to some extent, don't sort of spray and pray on like LinkedIn and hope that it's just gonna you know result in money. So no, no, uh, fundraising can be very quick. Can be very quick if you have done the things right before, which is building your network. Uh, you know, get, let giving them time to get to know you, putting them on your investor newsletter, um, um, delivering on your promises. Um, yes, and building your brand, building your brand, and of course having clients as well and a team. Excellent. Um, so a quick fire round. Uh, let's see if this works. Let's go. Uh, so would you rather sort of like this or that? So uh, a great idea or, or a great founders? Great founder. Okay, great. Who cares about ideas? <laughs> a glass half full or glass half empty? Kind of feeding back to you. Advisory. It's always full. And I don't know what you mean. <laughs> For me, it's always full. Yeah. So it means like, do you, would you prefer them just to always be giving you like positive news or do you want to like... Oh, no, 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 no. I, I want to hear about what's going wrong so I can help. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, okay, yeah, yeah, really. We want to hear what's going wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not to just get some... Uh... Don't fear talking to investors. They are on your team. They only want the best for you. They want this company to work yeah there's a line there's alignment in that exactly very much so um so you know if you had a choice like social influencer or tech genius a combination 
You're not allowed accommodation. <laughs> oh, uh, you know, they need each other. But I think I would go for the influencer because they have an audience. They're in touch with their customers so they can figure out what kind of solution their customers are looking for, right? Because the tech genius, if you have a great tech, but you can sell it. Yeah. It, it reminded me, it, it's that you triggered something. I was thinking about it earlier on because there's a, there's, there's quite a lot of examples in like Silicon Valley where the the business goes from obviously like the tech and the product in the first place, but the only real scalable kind of part is in the sales and marketing. So they become kind of sales and marketing companies. So they have to be like quite aware of that, don't they? They have to like, they have to remember mm -hmm. they're like pull back yes. towards the product. So uh, yeah, we can bring that nuance. Uh, it depends on the tech genius. If they have that self-awareness that mm. they need marketeers. Some tech people think they just need the tech. The tech is enough yeah. to sell. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's really interesting. And look, it's, it's a trick. Like, sorry, I forced you to like say one or the other, but <laughs> um, up round or client growth? Can you repeat? So up round, so, you know, you know, next round is not a down round in, in, in fundraising versus client growth. Oh, client growth, of course. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, that's all of it. Guacamole or salsa? <laughs> Both again. Guacamole or <laughs> salsa. <laughs> <laughs> all right, brilliant. Um, look, so uh, I, we didn't really dig into like generative AI, but uh, is there anything like any trends or anything you're seeing at the moment that would be useful, you think, for the audience to, to hear? I think that sometimes. It's not about the buzzwords. It's not about being a trendy startup. Again, it, to me at least, and the investors in my network, uh, because we have invested for many years now in the AI stuff as well, that turns out to not have uh, much AI or uh, <laughs> turns out not hey, to have John. any clients. They can't sell. They're tech people. And unfortunately, they, they wanted to be a tech team in some cases. I'm not generalizing here. I'm just talking based on my experience. Mm. So, uh, I would say I'm about interested in founders who are solving big prob problems. They have a solution and they're in touch with their customers. That's the starting point. Mm. Founders close to their customers. Then we can bring the tech. We can optimize. We can automa automate. We can do, we can bring AI. First, the customers. First, let's do the unscalable things. Like I talk about it a lot on LinkedIn. Mm. Let's create value and figure out how can we accelerate this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, look, um, yeah, it it it, fe it feels right, and like the you know the Gartner sort of hype curve is 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 real. It's always out there, isn't it? With the next the next most important thing, and um, so um, yeah, um, uh, yeah. There's a a few comments. Like there's one from Tracy when we were talking about um. Uh, you know the, the sort of memorandum of understanding and and she you know the founder kind of like formation type thing she just says it has to work long term for both parties so win-win um so uh i, I think like we're, we're we're really up against it time-wise so like i guess final question is um what um what advice would you give to you know founders actually i actually have two so what advice would you give to like founders and leaders at the moment um to sort of take the leap like to seek money in their organization? What advice? Um, get to know investors, get to understand how they function. 
what they're looking for and have just make them your friends. Great. Good relationships. <laughs> but the question is, how do you become a friend with an investor? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And how do you do that? Well, how do you become a friend with someone? You find <laughs> common interests. You have you create value for mm. them first. Yeah. You know their investor. Maybe you can connect them to another company that it, uh, is at a later stage from your network. Maybe just create value. Uh, actually, so I write a lot about it via my newsletter. And one of the uh, very popular newsletter I sent lately is from a company I invested in. I invested in them before meeting them. We met like six months later <laughs> uh, by chance at an event. So uh, he has, he, he's sharing in the interview via my newsletter how he's built his relationship with investors, bringing them on board as advisors for some. Uh, reaching out to the alumni network of his university, uh, talking to his neighbors. You know, his co-founder was talking to his neighbors and then they invested, they ended up investing in them. So just, uh, yeah. You never know. You never know. No. Um, Pratik actually, uh, you know, he's got quite an interesting view that if you ask for money, you get advice. If you ask for, ask for advice, you get money. So that, I, I thought that was quite funny. <laughs> yeah. Yes quite a funny like angle on it but um is there any like anything you you know advice you'd give yourself like is there anything that you change in terms of you know how you've approached um this world in the last you know 10-15 years in your entrepreneurial journey um hmm. I I've done some mistakes I've done mistakes I really usually advise you know founders not to to make yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, me, you know, I'm a, I've done this before. No. Uh, uh, don't grow too fast. Don't hire too many people. Don't surround yourself with too many people. Don't get too many advisors. Don't start talking to investors too early. First, build the core, the foundation, the problem, mm -hmm. the solution, get traction. Talk to customers. If you are talking to, if you're trying to solve a problem in an industry, you have no net connections to. Like, it's as if I say, oh, I would like to solve, uh, would like to change the, to impact the oil industry with this new kind of oil. I don't know, you know. Uh, I have no connections. This is going to be hard. Start ideally. I'm not saying it's impossible. It's easier to start within an industry uh, that you know, because you have a network, because you have, um, you have um, noticed some problems. And you can start thinking about the solution. You're familiar with the industry. You're familiar with the processes. That would be, don't go too much outside yeah, areas yeah. of Yeah, recognize your, um, recognize what's, you know, if you, if you cut, cut yourself in half, what's at the core uh, is, is, is. It's going to take time. That's it. It's just yeah. going to take more time. Be aware of that. Yeah. And there are also, another advice, there are also some problems not worth solving. <laughs> <laughs> It's not because you see the problem that there is a market that maybe it's <laughs> worth your time. Maybe it's going to take you, you know, a hustle and so much money and burnouts to solve it. Like be a bit selfish. <laughs> yeah. Think about your own, like, what, you know, your commitment, your own health and on going on this journey is like, it's, it's so, so important. So, yes. hey, look, 
been amazing to chat thank you raha today um so there you have it you know make sure you see entrepreneurship as an opportunity to you know learn about yourself and and learn Mm -hmm. about the world like it's yeah i think it's it's just such a powerful way to 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 develop yourself um pick your co-founders well easily um and like know and try and understand the philosophy and the experience of the founders that you're trying to make friends with so uh, hopefully you feel you can get out there and um make uh you know if you if you need to like start that fundraising journey for yourself from today um really really some absolute gold like real nuggets in here if you have any questions i guess reach out on linkedin raha is that good for you join my newsletter because on linkedin sometimes i get many messages and i don't manage not i yeah. don't have the human capacity yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay so, great so join the newsletter. follow what, me what? and join the newsletter to get my best uh knowledge what's the address uh, it's on Substack. So Ryaskoglin at subs.substack.com. Okay, cool. It's on my LinkedIn. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, finally, thank you everyone to lis- for listening today. And, and thank you for, for, for the awesome me. speaker, Raha. So I hope you feel slightly wiser this Wednesday. So take care, everyone. Bye. See you.